Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. Andrew, can you hear me? Aren't you Kirsten? I was doing the thing. Andrew, can you hear me? Oh, oh, like we're an um, like you're an umpire. <laughs> you, you didn't God. tap the chat. I did. I did. Oh, you did. I wasn't looking. I should tap this. <laughs> no, because that? that filters it out. Oh. Andrew, can you hear, can me? You hear me? We're going to recommend you- that we that there is no evidence to change the call, and you may retain your challenge. Yeah, that's about how it usually goes, right? This is a chaotic beginning to our episode, Kirsten. It really was. Um, well, everyone, it's also thank you so our much second for week us. in January. I know this is all very exciting, and we're talking to somebody very exciting. It's An be Olympian. A and a li- well, not yet, but a qualified Olympian, someone who is headed right. to the Olympics. To Paris. To Gay Paris. Yes, we will be talking to Kelsey Bing, the goalkeeper of the women's national team later in the episode. And she was named goalkeeper of the tournament in Old Ranchy. Um, yeah, so we're excited about that. Yeah, we'll talk to her in a minute. That'll be great. But in yes. the meantime, you and I will talk to each other. We will. And so I guess we could talk a little bit more about the Paris Olympics because uh, FIH just announced the pools yeah. for the Olympics, um, which is in a pretty solid matchup. And so I, I have them written down. And I think we're more interested in Pool B, but Pool A consists of the Netherlands, who's number one in the world, Belgium, Germany, Japan, China, and France, the host nation. Um, And the United States is in Pool B with number two, Australia, number three, Argentina, the United Kingdom, Spain, and South Africa. Which pool do you think is the less challenging of the two? Oh, I don't know. I think probably pool A. I agree. Um, like, I think we're in a really tough pool because. But you could also say it's the Olympics. They're all tough pools. They're all, they are, they're all tough. So you have to finish in the top four to advance the quarterfinals after pool play. And so I think there's a, there's definitely um, a path there for the United States. So they absolutely have to beat South Africa, who's ranked number 18 right now. Um, and then we are the second lowest ranked team in the pool. So Team USA is ranked number 12 right now after the qualifier. So just above us is the United Kingdom at six and Spain at seven. So we got to basically upset one of those teams to get into the quarterfinals. Um, Very well analyzed, Kirsten. Thank you. So, and I, I'm trying to look. So we do know that the national team staying in India for the pro league um, and on the, our schedule are several teams that will be facing in our. Pool. You know, well, I was just going to say real quick, you know, India just missed qualifying for the Olympics. But I do think at the end of this pro league, most of the American players could file for Indian citizenship. <laughs> they are there for forever. And so perhaps this is a back door for India into the Olympics. This was all part of their plan. Maybe. I think sponsored pretty, by Coal India. It's pretty pretty good plan. I mean, six and a half weeks away from home is a long time. Six and a half you know, weeks we, away from home is a long time. Six and a half weeks in India is a really long time. And like, so you know, spoiler alert, we talked to we already talked to Kelsey, but 
they're what is it like 12 hours ahead or behind uh something like that well they're on a half hour it's like 11 and a half yeah i mean it's just that's a crazy time difference for like staying in touch with your family and things like that I mean, the climate's totally different. You're living in Probably hotels. Probably very challenging to keep up with George Mason basketball. For me. Oh, my gosh. Impossible, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in the pro league, so they're uh, – Kelsey said it so well, and I'm not going to be able to do it as well, but Bhubaneswar. Um, sure. For the pro league, and they are facing Australia um, in their second game. So, first they're taking on the Netherlands, and then they're taking on Australia, who's in our pool. Um, and then they're facing China, who's in pool, the other pool. Um, and then they're um, playing India again. So the Australia game will be the one to watch. To kind then of, they play all four again after that. They play them twice, she said. Uh, yeah, because they head to Rakela, which, sure. again, not sure. And then Belgium in May, but still. So right now they're of, in Goa. Goa, yes. Do you think that when they get to the next city, they'll say that they went uh, to Goa? (laughs) I don't think so, no. But it would be very clever for them to say something like that. But yeah, this is, yeah, the Pro League schedule is an interesting one because... The Pro League is interesting. (laughs) It is interesting in and of itself. Um, But it's a good like lead up tournament to the Olympics because you're playing all of almost every team except for India that has qualified for the Olympics. Um, so it'll be a really good gauge to see, you know, what they need to do in the next couple months to prepare. Um, but I was looking at sort of the like world rankings and to see sort of in the top 15, which teams did not qualify for the Olympics. And I think it kind of shows how, um, I don't know how really like, Team USA kind of overperformed, like to to accomplish something that really was special because India was ranked number eight and did not qualify at home, which is tough. Number 11, New Zealand. Like we talked the other week about Korea sort of being the team that really fell short and was a surprise. But I really think New Zealand could be up there, too, because they're ranked number 11th in the world and had a really bad qualifying term tournament. Um, and then, yeah, 13 Korea, 14 Ireland, and 15 Chile obviously did not get in either. So, and interesting it's 12 time. 12 teams in the Olympics, right? That's correct. That's up from eight from pre- a few Olympics ago. Yep. Yep. Well, and yeah, so France, which, you know, you don't really think of when you think about, you know, like world hockey powerhouses. Um, but they're, as a host, country they're in and they're they're ranking right now is 21 so well, i mean that that's the deal i mean oh for sure but i'm I, i'm kind of just curious about like what is your preparation like if you're the host country and you're like not that not that strong of a team like do you like throw a lot of money into the program to try and like make a respectable run and through the tournament or you just kind of like go business as usual? Like, what are you, what are you doing if you're France hockey right now? Well, I mean, let's, let's look at, let's look at 2016, shall we? Mm. Brazil uh, um, was outscored in their five pool play games, uh, 46 to one. Ooh. Wow. Um you know, so so there. I wonder what that. their world ranking was going into the 16 Olympics. I'm gonna guess it wasn't very high. No. Yeah, I mean, like 21's not 
70, you know, like it's respectable. They're only three below South Africa. So, I mean, they might have more of a chance, although I don't really see, see them winning any games in there. Right. But hopefully, however many cases of the IOC, I'm assuming it's the IOC or maybe it's the, it's the particular sports, um, denying uh, host country admission into a sport if they're so bad. Um, oh, really? That, that, has, that has happened. Mm. Um, okay, you know what? I take that back. That was the men that were outscored 46 to 1. The, the women were not allowed in the tournament. So there you go. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That was okay. the men. I misspoke. So the men were outscored. Okay, I knew that didn't look right. The men were outscored 46 to 1. The women were not allowed in the tournament. So it does happen. Do uh, but like, not do you not think... if you're ranked 21. Like that's there's nothing crazy about that. No, it's, it's if you're... but are you like so? Who makes that decision? Like, do, do each of the governing bodies make? I'm like, assuming from it's our the score, bodies. you got to be over 50 or the USOPC. I mean, I feel like the USOPC just doesn't or the IOC. I mean, like they don't know enough about each of the sports to like make a decision like yeah, that. It would right? have to be the individual sport. I'm looking. I'm going to see if I can. But yeah, so that that does happen. I'll just say. Mm. But I I don't think I mean France is certainly the weakest team in the field, but they're nothing like like that. Yeah, but but the pools, I mean, they seem like well, obviously like pretty evenly matched. Um, but given the way that it's laid out, I think, you know, the Netherlands wins their pool pretty handily and sort of waltzes right into the to the quarterfinals. And we have a, like pool B is a much harder go because you've got Australia and Argentina plus the United Kingdom that won the Olympics not that long ago. Um, right. Spain's always a challenge. So it should be interesting. Well, shall we get to Kelsey Bing here? Let's do it. All right. We are joined by Kelsey Bing, the goalkeeper of the United States women's national team who just qualified for the Olympics and someone who was just named goalkeeper of the tournament for the FIH's hockey qualifier in Ranchi. So welcome to the podcast, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Um, So, I mean, the big question that we got to start with right off the bat is how's it feel to be headed to the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, I think heading to the Olympics is something that I think the whole team's dreamed about for years. And so it's Mm. like almost hard to describe in words like what that feels like. Um, I think uh, there's a video of us all celebrating at the end. And I feel like that's probably like the best like visual of what it feels like. But I'm just so proud of our entire team and it's very exciting. And it's honestly still hard to process like a week later, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I love that video because it was sort of one of those moments where it's not that you there was disbelief, but kind of this moment that it sucked in that it, it's it's actually happening. Like we've been talking a lot about like euphoria and how video review is really ruining it. But I feel like it was a real moment of euphoria for you all. And it was really cool to watch. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. Yeah, we're we're anti video review on this podcast. We, we're like we're OK with the idea of getting the call right. Like we get that. But we think video review has gotten out of control um, in honestly in all sports, but 
you know, sticking to your sport. You know, I forget which game it was. Was it Italy? No, it was New Zealand. The was last New Zealand four minutes the, the, of the quarter. The last four minutes had eight reviews, and it just you know kind of ruined the flow. And we've talked about it. We won't do it anymore. But it it drives us nuts. I'm just gonna say, like, it, it's there to overturn like egregious mistakes and like a miscarriage of justice. I don't think it should be there to re-legislate every call to the you know one you know 100 times zoom frozen like that's just not what sports were meant to do but that's us well so. we've been sitting on this side of it complaining about it how's it i mean how's video review feel as a player especially in this last tournament where i, I mean i think the new zealand game was probably the most egregious example of how many how it can get a little bit out of control japan was too though yeah yeah, I mean, video review is definitely a double-edged sword. Like, sometimes it helps you out, and sometimes it really yeah. hurts you when you feel like you've gotten away with something. But it's definitely something we talk about. Um, when we played the final against Argentina, we had a 10-minute stoppage time for the referees to try to confer on what exactly had happened. And we had felt in that moment that we had kind of let the momentum of the game slip away from us. And so we have really had talked about that and, like, how to make it better in those moments. So I think... In one way, it's interesting because you can reframe it as a like, how can I get the momentum going our way? Like I, the Argentina, or sorry, the uh, New Zealand game specifically. Like if you look at the five of us that are defending the defensive penalty corner, we're just like cracking jokes the whole time, trying to stay light about things. I think we were referencing we a SpongeBob do. episode about sea bears at one <laughs> point, and one of the video reviews uh, was a about whether it was below or above a knee. And one of my teammates, Allie Hamill, had a bruise above her knee. So we kept saying there was read receipts to the referee. Um, I don't <laughs> think she really cared to see that. But anyway, that we're just trying to keep... Yeah, and, uh, I don't was Cookie down there? I can't remember at this point. Yeah. I, it, one of the referees, but she didn't um, they were just doing their job. They were probably game. highly annoyed with us. But um, <laughs> You're like, what do you want us them, to do? Tell them we were highly annoyed with them. But anyhow. Uh, it's um, okay. It's just their job. So how do you guys, have you talked about how you balance the next six months, you know, going into Paris? Because I know you have the pro league coming up and I'm sure at some point there'll be a series of friendlies, you know, to be scheduled, whether, you know, here in the United States or in Europe, I would assume. I mean, it's a big world. I guess they could be anywhere. Um, but how, how does your preparation, whether as a team or for you specifically, what, what, What's coming for you in the next six months that's different than you had expected? Yeah, I mean, uh, Pro League's definitely expected and upcoming, and most of our focus is set up on that. I think Pro League's great because it gives us the competition of um, most of the teams that are going to be in the Olympics, so we can get some of that experience ahead of time. Um, I'm not privy to what our schedule's going to look like. Right now it's blank um, starting after we get back from India, um, the end of this first bit of Pro League, but I'm sure we'll play some friendlies. Um, a lot of it will just be focused on, like, what can we hone in um, towards that Olympics so that we can um, hopefully be in contention for a medal, which is our goal. Nice. Well, and I, I've got lots of questions of your time in India over the next couple of weeks, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, <laughs> I am curious about a couple of things. One of the things Andrew and I were remarking about about the qualifier was the um, extensive amount of advertising around the outside of the pitch. And we're curious, like, I was very you distracted. You have a favorite. By, yeah, was there a favorite? The, we like the face of the governor that was on, like, every uh, other board there. Or Cole India was my personal favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so actually driving around Ranchi, there's um they put up the poster of all 
um, eight captains everywhere, and then there'd oh, be a cool. singular captain down like each one. So we kept looking for Amanda sightings. We really enjoyed that because there was a about a thousand Amandas all over Raunchy, and we thought. That and was is fantastic. Amanda like excited by that, or just like absolutely Terrifying. like it, embarrassed? <laughs> I think she had to just uh, accept. She played it, it cool. We found it so funny. She just got a new house, so we were joking we were going to tear some down and wallpaper her bathroom with That's it. That's great. I don't her think she face. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And I mean, you go into this tournament with a relatively no, new coach. So how's the team sort of jiving with David and, um, you know, what's his trans transition been like um, to the U.S. program? Yeah, um, well, we've had a lot of coaches since I've been on the team. I think we've had like five in the past six years. So it's really nice to just have some consistency um, mm -hmm. within our staff. Um, David and Javier are super passionate. So um, that's really great to have like people with like that stronger belief behind our team. So I think it's been going well. So hopefully it continues to. Good. And I don't think you probably, maybe you've seen it since then, but at watching on TV, David's reaction um, when you all clinched, it was pretty powerful. I mean, he felt it really in his court. It was super cool. So, cause I know he's been in the sort of international coaching circuit for a period of time, but I don't know if this is anything that, or I don't, he hasn't been to the Olympics before. I don't believe. So I'm, I'm imagining this is a bit of a career milestone for him too. So that was cool. Yeah, no, for sure. We, the, uh, got sent as a jip throughout our whole group text. So he was definitely <laughs> stoked. We all think he yelled, I love America, which we thought was hysterical. <laughs> oh, the Irish do love America. I don't really understand yeah. it, but you know, there's something there. Um, so what, what was the, re you know, coming from the field hockey hotbed that is Houston, Texas, um, you know, the field hockey capital of the world. Um, what, what was it like for you, you know, going to Stanford? So you didn't play in Pennsylvania. You didn't grow up in Pennsylvania or, or you know, uh, where else? I mean, I guess the Northeast is fair, but Pennsylvania is kind of the. Um, so we, so how is it different you, for you? Yeah. How is it different for you uh, coming from Houston and then going to play in Stanford where, you know, you guys were pretty isolated. You had a handful of teams in California, but spent a lot of time on airplanes, I would imagine. Um and then to be, you know, at the top of the sport now going to the Olympics, what, what is that like for you? And how is your experience different than some of your teammates, you know, who are all from seemingly from central Pennsylvania? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of them from PA, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it's just been a unique path. I mean, now Houston, Texas has a great hockey culture, thanks to Tina Edmonds, which is great. And you can call it the goalkeeping capital of the world. We've got lots of good goalkeepers there. I'll give them all a right, shout well, out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think what Texas and uh, Stanford and California gave me was how to be a bit more professional as an athlete. Like, I don't think you get taught that I was always having to fly and travel and miss school and manage that and also make sure I was uh, managing my hockey appropriately and like getting enough sleep and I think it kind of maybe made me grow up a little bit faster so I think it kind of gave me an edge from that perspective but um yeah I think it's just different like you get, I had like was just very exposed to very different styles of play and different styles of thought and I'm really grateful that I uh have gotten to live in so many different places in the United States. I feel like it's not only helped me grow as a hockey player, but as an individual. So I think of it as a huge positive, um, nothing to go against the gals that are true, um, bred a true PA. WC Eagles is always a force to be reckoned with, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've really enjoyed my experience. 
Very cool. Well, and I'm curious, I mean, as we're talking about sort of like your career before the women's national team, what is, you know, I feel like the U S has a really good history and tradition of strong goalkeepers on, on the national team. You have like Amy Tran, Jackie Briggs. Um, and so for two goalkeepers like you and, and Jenny Rizzo, for example, like making the transition from the college game to the international game, like what's the biggest difference, um, I mean, I'm assuming speed, but there's got to be a lot more to it than that. Yeah, I, I mean, speed of play, like you hit the nail on the top of the head there. I think like that's probably the biggest difference. But with speed of play, like comes like all the like crazy details of goalkeeping. Like, are you set? Like, are you paying attention to your job? Are you yelling at other people and not paying attention to your job? Like, are you aware of what's going on around you? Like, what is the best skill to answer in this um, specific um, situation? So I think that's by far and away it like even if we haven't played an international match in a while sometimes I find it's like trying to get back into it can be um tough but um the speed of play is something else but I also think that's what makes it like so exciting and fun as it really keeps you on your toes nice how old were you the last time you scored a goal <laughs> you know I wasn't actually I think I was 18 I played when that's I pretty good Texas. I thought you might stay younger yeah well I played in the field through my senior year of high school um I was fun fact the top leading goal scorer in Texas till I had to uh go into goal for the state tournament it was very upsetting for me but we did win the <laughs> tournament so I can't complain too much <laughs> did you have a save in that tournament yeah, I did. The, okay. what, there's um, but some of the other teams were quite good. They're just there's a lot there's a lot of teams in Texas in the skill discrepancy. We played on grass just to give you a um, frame of reference yeah. for what that looked like. So um, some of the skill discrepancy was um, a bit bigger. Do you remember the goal? Your last goal? Do I remember the goal? <laughs> Oh, no, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, that's a tough question. Andrew, do you remember your last goal? <laughs> yes. You do? During the challenge? Oh, of, oh, it's been that long. <laughs> Probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I've scored on myself plenty of times since then, though. You know what I use? <laughs> the, the field hockey stick I had, I use it to uh, get things out of the top shelf. <laughs> Like I use it, it's great. Like uh, it's where I keep like, you know, napkins and paper towels. Like, you know, when I need to get out a new roll, I get the stick out. It helps me get the next roll out. That's that's about where I'm at at this point. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so Kelsey, you are, you're at 73 caps, which I mean, how did like, it's been, it's weird to say that you've had kind of a long career already. You started on the women's national team in 2018. So, you know, I mean, where do you feel like you're at right now or primed and ready for the Olympics? Is this, you know, um, the beginning of a long and storied career, or I'm just curious, sort of like where you're at. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think with international hockey, it's something one of our old coaches used to say is like, you're only given like the next couple of matches. So you should just mm. enjoy those while you're given them. So I tend not to think too far ahead for me right now. The focus is pro league and then it'll be the Olympics, but the Olympics have always been a dream of mine. So hopefully I can go there and just really enjoy that experience and our team can succeed and do well. Very cool. And so we will talk about it a little bit later in the podcast, but um, yeah, the pro league's coming up and you're all in India, you said for something like six and a half weeks total. Yes. So what's, you know, what's next on your schedule? Yeah. So we are headed to Bhubaneswar, which is in the Odisha province on Monday of this. India's week. best oh. kept secret. 
India's best. <laughs> yes, India's best kept secret. I'm glad you know about that. It's one of my favorite commercials of that fight. <laughs> oh, we haven't seen the commercial. We just saw we it just on saw the, the uh, billboard. Oh, yeah, there's some lovely commercials. We used to say they were, um, well, because you know we lost the last qualifier in Bhubaneswar, which is in Odisha, and we were like, man, what? They're just rubbing it in our faces. It was the only commercial they had for a long time on the Watch Hockey app. But um, yeah, Bhubaneswar is a, actually neat, has a really cool stadium. It should be really exciting. We play uh, China. Australia, India, and Netherlands there. And then we'll go to Rukella, which is just north of Bhubaneswar, is my understanding, and play the same four teams there. But India's got a crazy hockey culture. It's always really exciting to play in India because the fans are just so excited. Everyone's so excited to tell you it's their national sport. Um, and the atmosphere is always crazy. I, I yeah. know you weren't able to watch your games as you were playing in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the guy who was broadcasting the games had a love for the sport. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said to Kirsten, you know, find someone who looks at you the way this guy looks at a hockey pitch. Um, I mean, just everything was just beautiful. And and he, he loved every minute of it. So if you ever get yeah. to meet that guy, and we're trying to find out who he is. Um, I think I tracked know. him down. I got to figure it Did out. You? But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think really? I found him on Twitter. You're so good. <laughs> you know, this is what I do. Um, and so before that tournament begins, you ju- you guys just hanging out? Do you have any, like, fun stuff planned? Uh, yeah, we're in Goa, just, like, everyone's recuperating. I mean, obviously, it's a really high high to qualify for the Olympics, especially going mm. into that tournament as the number 16, sixth seed and getting second. Um, so everyone's just trying to find, like, some good physical and mental rest um, ahead of this uh, long pro league stint we've got in India, so... Yeah. Very cool. Well, as we wrap it up here, we've got two questions for you, Kelsey. Okay. So obviously you are going to have a different Olympic sp- experience than uh, all of us normal people. But if yeah, you... this one really hits home, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. If you had your choice, field hockey's not on the table because obviously yeah. it's on the table. Um, uh-huh. What sport do you choose to be an Olympian in as a normal person to sort of either because you're like, you know, I'm pretty good at insert thing here or you know i'm just curious or i want to make a fool of myself yeah well i'm a huge soccer fan so i'm privy to say soccer but if you wanted to see a really average go from me you'd probably have to put me in like swimming or running i'm not <laughs> an endurance athlete in the slightest as a goalkeeper so you can just watch me get a, smoked by everyone what about a winter sport is there anything you could dabble in Oh, I'm from Houston, Texas. If it's oh, so the city shuts down, um, okay. I don't even think I can stand on skates. We'll have to we'll think on that one. I may be okay. bendy enough to be an ice hockey goalie, but I, I think I would turn into a popsicle if I did were. You ever, sorry, did, did you ever try ice hockey at any point? No, I didn't. No. I like the last time I like skated or ski must have been like the eighth grade. I'm a very southern gal. You scored a goal. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your your field hockey's are for a day. You pick a rule and it stands for, you know, the foreseeable future. What are, what are you changing? I think I'm going to go for a chaos rule. This is something the goalkeepers and I always talk about. We think that there shouldn't be a limit to the number of goalkeepers on the pitch. You just need to have <laughs> under 11 players. <laughs> I think it would be a whole nother level of the sport if you had like three goalkeepers running around. Cause like we always have our goalkeeping training and we think we're like pretty decent deflectors. Granted, we're never under pressure in these situations, <laughs> but I just think it would add a whole nother layer. If you just had somebody in full pads, like sliding in for a deflection, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So 
we're we're all about chaos, so we're totally down for that. But my question is, like, so the same goalkeeping rules apply. So we got four goalkeepers on the pitch, but like, mm-hmm. you can still only use your feet and or your body in the circle. Mm-hmm. Is that the, yeah, the but idea? You could, but you could throw a goalkeeper in the attacking circle. You know, sure. Like, have sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. just just yeah, for chaotic. goalkeeper nation, uh, we had Maddie Kahn on from North Carolina uh-huh. after yeah. they won the national championship, and her suggestion was that it isn't a foul to hang on to the ball, right? Isn't that what she yeah. said? Ooh. Oh, I don't remember. She said basically, "What am I supposed to do?" Oh <laughs> no, she didn't like the danger coming off of your pads. Like, oh, yeah. that, like any of okay, your any right, of your right. clears should not be dangerous. Because she said, like, what, what do you want me to, to do? do? What do you want me to do? Yeah, well, like, yeah, if you lob a ball at my head, like that's danger for me. Come on now, like, where else am I supposed to put the ball if it's up in the air? Yeah, that's and, basically and just what Maddie says. Yeah, we're the biggest fans in the world of team chaos. Yeah, um, our particular rule change is that uh-huh. in overtime, and I realize mm-hmm. you guys do not have overtime, but yeah. in collegiate overtime, mm-hmm. uh, they play with two balls. Oh, wow. That's fun. Right? You, know the, I mean, you want team yeah. chaos. Come on. Yeah. Well, you know what they Mark, did in and imagine having game? unlimited goalkeepers and two yeah. balls. <laughs> you tell me you're not watching that? <laughs> That's chaotic, and I love it. You know, when you're in the Hockey One League in Australia, what they did for overtime was after every minute they subtracted a player off the field. So it started at like 11 v 11 and went down to 4 v 4. I think That's that we, we, we might have had that suggestion. Our other favorite came from um, UNC's head coach, Aaron Matson, And her suggestion was that sub from, any, yeah, <laughs> sub from anywhere, like rolling sub substitutions, anywhere. but anywhere. Like, oh, interesting. On the end line. Attackers hang out on the end line. Defenders hang out on the other end line. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like that one. I'd have to check my shoulder a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I tunneled it. <laughs> but that's crazy. Don't that would really change the game. The, uh, I'm sure a bunch of international teams are scouting this podcast for lots of yeah. uh, insight. So. Uh-huh. Absolutely. She has tunnel vision. That's the new scouting report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us, especially from all the way around the world in India. Um, look at this. It's kind of amazing technology is. But uh, so we really appreciate your time. Congratulations. We're so Kirsten. excited. I know the Internet blows my mind every day. Um, but, yeah, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to watch what comes next. Um, and congratulations. Good luck in the pro league. Have fun. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you guys interviewing me and taking the time to do so. Yeah. All right. Safe travels. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, that was exciting. She was great. You know, it's it's so interesting, and I, I'm not going to call her old because she's not old. She's 26. But there is such a different level of mm. professionalism. Maturity. Oh. Nothing against our friends in the college game. Like, it's not a knock on them. But you do see such a difference just in everything. Like, that's someone who is a professional athlete who knows what the heck they're doing. Um, yeah. And I mean that in the absolute nicest way possible. Like, I mean, she was lovely. Um, but, I don't see any malice in your face when you're saying these things. No, but that's someone who, like, <laughs> knows what they're doing and what their plans are and how to get there. And, you know, yeah. the thing that she said that really kind of I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. Was her comment about being Houston and Stanford and like have being forced to sort of be. Yes, a that was such a I was like, answer. yeah, yeah. 
Totally agree. Get it. That was such a good answer. Because it is. I mean, like when I coached at the differences between coaching at Louisville and then coaching somewhere like American, just from a travel perspective, you do need to be so much more like you can't bus anywhere, right? I well, mean, no, you have to fly everywhere. And there's just a different level of yes, like having to be on top of your stuff to get through with you know 30 other people through security and layovers and whatever and so some like teams who aren't used to flying man it's like special it's exciting and like kind of like (laughs) i don't know a little chaotic but people who do it all the time there's just like a different level of yeah like professionalism so i can totally see what she's saying and it comes across yeah i think yeah i hope she does great oh i think she will did you were you guys able to bus anywhere at louisville we went to we bus to Indiana. Uh gosh. And like Ohio or Ohio State. Um but that's about it. I can't really think of that was about it. Cause I mean we played like Wake. One well, at this time when I was in the at Louisville, we were still in the Big East. So fly to Rutgers, fly to Yukon, Syracuse. Um gosh, none of these teams are still in the Big East. ODU. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was a totally different conference, but almost everybody we played against was on the East Coast, so you have to fly, and then you try to get a schedule where you have two games in a weekend. So there were times like one of the worst weekends ever was we flew, oh my god, we flew from Louisville to Charlotte to Newark to play Rutgers, and then we went Newark, Charlotte. Where the heck did we go after that? Or no, we went through Atlanta. So it was like Louisville, Atlanta, Newark, and then Newark, Atlanta, Charlotte to play Wake Forest. And then we went Charlotte, Atlanta, oh. Louisville. I mean, literally, I was like, how am I still like in this six airport? flights in a week? I'm back in Atlanta. Oh, my God. It was awful. Um, it's ironic that you took too many, so many flights to Louisville, but still got lost taking me to the Louisville airport. <laughs> I get lost. What? Yes, you did. You absolutely oh. did. We ended up on the UPS side of the airport. Do you not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> there is like a little cut through that I think maybe that was one of the first times I tried to use it. Like I saw our oh, bus what? drivers do it and I was like, I'll remember. And I can do I it. <laughs> I can do it. No, I can't. <laughs> um, but in other hockey news, so if we could put the Olympics aside for a moment. Sure, Andrew, we can. Absolutely. We're in the midst of the hockey fives tournament um, in Oman. So the first FIH hockey fives world cup Pup in Oman is happening right And it's just goals aplenty. Apparently. So I I was like, all right, let me get into this hockey fives. And so the FIH posted this sort of like explainer video online, which I think needs some work. If I could get on my high horse here and I would say like, we need a better video. It goes too fast and they have these words and there's like too much going on. I had to like stop it a couple of times. Like, wait, what? What are they talking about? So do you know the differences between hockey five and regular old hockey? Why don't you tell me? Okay. Well, here, like the three big things is that the dimensions of the field are much smaller and there's rebound boards. So there's basically no out of bounds, which is interesting. You want to talk about chaos. (laughs) So there's that. And then the field is like, it's smaller. It's got the rebound boards. And then there's just like a 50 and then like quarter line. So no circles. Okay. So that's the second big thing is because there's no circles, literally after you cross the 50, you can shoot to score. Wow. Yeah. But so then shot height 
is a factor. So if you're within the 50 and the 25, your shot has to be below the board. And then if you are within the 25 and the end line, it can go to any height. So I guess that's their, you know, trying to be safe. (laughs) Yes. And then the third thing is because there's no circle, there are no penalty corners. And it's something they call a challenge, which is essentially foul within that side of things. And it's just a one-on-one with the keeper and a field player. So here's what I'm thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you keep me apprised to this and I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I haven't actually, I've like watched some highlights, but the thing I, I'm just kind of like, wow, this is kind of cool is that we are sort of watching the, the beginning of a sport. Cause it's, it's like hockey from like a skills side, but it's a very different game. And I just think about how much like the game of hockey has evolved since it began, like back in the day, Here's here's some stuff for you, Andrew. You used to in a when the ball was lifted in the air, you could catch it with your hand and drop it like ice hockey. Sure. We used to roll the ball in, so like a feel like a like a throw in soccer after the ball goes out <laughs> of bounds. Field hockey used to roll it in with your hand, and I'm like, I'm trying to think of all the other things. There were alleys. The the bully, there were alleys. I can't remember like what the alley was all about, but there was something about the alleys. There were also totally different skills. Like the slap shot was more of a thing. The sticks looked different. So I'm just like, if if hockey five sticks and we're like, we stay with it, like what does it look like in 25 years? It's going to be totally different. So it's kind of cool to just well, be like, why don't you call me in 25 years and tell me? We'll talk about, well, I mean, in 25 years, this podcast is still going to be happening. So we can just talk about it then. Okay. Set an alert on your phone for that. I'll do that. But here, okay, so you want to hear about Hockey Fives. We, the women, are in Pool C with India, Poland, and Namibia. Naturally. As it is. So we lost to India 7-3, to three, and we beat Namibia 6-1 to one so far. You know, Namibia is a place I actually would like to visit. Seriously. What is in Namibia that you'd like to visit? Well, Namibia, I find to be a very interesting place for for where it is in the world and being so deserty. It's quite modern, mm. um, and I, I find it, it it is a it is a democracy, um, a successful democracy, which you know you don't see a ton of in Africa. Um, I, I've always found Namibia to be quite interesting. Um, wow, you let me know I when you go to Namibia. Well, maybe if they host the Hockey well. Five World Cup one day. Ooh, could happen. I mean, Oman this year, who knows where next year or next four years, See. four years from now. Um, <clears throat> when the men are in this tournament as well. So they're all there. And uh, the men will D with Fiji, Malaysia, Oman, the host country. Um, and they haven't started their play yet. They will start on January 28th. And you, Andrew, and all of our listeners can watch these games for only four ninety nine dollars on FIH's Watch Hockey app. You're right. We could. We could. I don't know if I'm willing to pay the five bucks yet. I just don't know. I am curious. Well, I think technically we could write it off. Ooh. I mean, I did just pay $6 to watch the qualifier. And I think you can write that off. Yeah, absolutely. Just that would be if that. I was paying taxes. I don't do that. That's true. I <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's your Hockey Fives news. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that does it. Well, actually, I was thinking about 
adding a little segment for our off-season delight. And what I'm Add calling, away. well, in what I'm calling, and what I've called for some time, the shuffle, which is the hiring season in collegiate field hockey. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's just like a bunch of dominoes. I don't know if it's like dominoes, but like as soon as one person moves, like it all begins. And we're yeah, in the very that's how we're, it works. we're in the very early stages of the shuffle. Um, so well, I actually we got don't and practices I, starting soon. I think, but I actually think this is gonna be a light shuffle season because so the big jobs that were opened were Richmond and UVA. UVA elevated their associate head coach, so that's done. And then friend of the Rich- program. That's right, Oli. Um, and then Richmond hired Martu uh, Longarica, who was at LaSalle for the last three years and did exceptional things there. I mean, LaSalle was a Internal very conference sh- move there. And inter- well, and so so LaSalle was struggling mightily for a long time. Um, and Martu in like three years, really. I mean, this year they had a season that was very surprising. Have you been to LaSalle? I have. Have you been to LaSalle? It's not a, it's not a great place. No, it is not. One for their, the, their facilities I, are. I'm talking all sports are are quite not good. I'm pretty sure um, that this was the. They maybe. Oh my God! Somebody correct me, but like I feel like just recently they started playing on the flat turf, and for the longest time they were like on long turf, and it it was really hard playing them well, at home. It was they're, impossible. They're, their basketball arena is quite bad. The Tom Gola Arena. Um, and their baseball, I guess, stadium, baseball field is um, not a great place. So, yeah, LaSalle, their their facilities could use some upgrades. Great people there, but the facility Where it's, could use an upgrade. It's in Philly, but, like, is it, like, on the outskirts of Philly? Like, are we kind of penned in in terms of, like, how much they can expand as a campus? Now is that is that is that like a play on words there? Are we pinned in in Philadelphia, like the University? Ah, of it was absolutely that was totally intentional. Uh, no, LaSalle is in North Philly, uh, Kirsten. Mm. If memory so, we've got serves. room to expand. I mean, it's it's still downtown ish. Yeah. Um, you know, Temple is right there in the mix, as is Penn. Um, but. Uh, LaSalle is up in North Philly, uh, up towards, um, what is the, uh, what is the other high? I don't remember, but yeah, so that's, that's LaSalle. I see. Well, this is why I think the shuffle is going to be a bit short-lived this semester because LaSalle just hired Michael Warari, who was the assistant coach at App State and the longtime head coach at Vassar. So, like, usually you would have another head coach shift into this role and then it would open something else up. But right now it feels like it kind of – the shuffle has died. Um, We'll see it pick up a ton over the summer. But – or maybe next week or the next time we talk, there will be lots more to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, and when will that next time be? I don't know. What are we going to do? I think we need to talk to somebody about the Hockey Fives tournament. Maybe you need to watch some highlight videos, get excited about it. Yeah, that's one option. That is one option. I mean, there are lots of options available to us. But that's all I got for you. All right. Well, thanks to Kelsey Bing. Yes. You know, we didn't ask if she was related to Chandler. No, we didn't. I bet she's never gotten that joke. 
Probably not. Or she really likes like cherries or something. That too. We left a lot. Well, for the next time we talk to her, we'll just write those down, make a note of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Well, thanks, Kirsten. Thanks, Andrew. Talk to you later. Bye, Kier. Bye, Andrew. Bye, everybody.